welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, you'll hear a different woman share her story of God's transforming love. These stories are recorded in a live setting at weekly local gatherings, where we're aiming to build community through sharing, connecting, and encouraging one another. Most importantly, these stories reveal the faithfulness of God and how He can take what's ordinary and broken and exchange it for extraordinary and redeemed. Today's story was shared by Ashley at the local gathering in Auburn, Alabama. Her story covers everything from mental illness, loss of a loved one, and depression, to infertility, adoption, and healing. I want to touch on mental health for a moment because while public awareness and perception of mental health continue to move in a positive direction, it is still more critical than ever for us to learn and listen to experiences of those affected so that we can all be more compassionate and understanding and supportive. It can be scary for someone to realize they may be dealing with a mental health condition and sometimes even scarier for close family members, as in Ashley's case, who watch their loved ones change, struggle, and even fight medication or help. Ashley has learned through research that it's possible for individuals to not only live with a mental health condition, but to thrive, especially with support and accountability. So if you or someone you know is suffering with a mental illness, we pray that you find hope in that and not try to walk the path alone. Here's Ashley with her story. I've done this one other time, and it was at a church, and I was on a stage with like four other women, and I feel like there's strength in numbers, kind of, and so this is a lot more um, nerve-wracking, I feel like. The lights were kind of dim, too, so I couldn't see anybody in the crowd. <laughs> so bear with me if I, you know, I'm not a professional speaker by any means, So, um, but I'll just start with... Um, I'm Ashley Herring. For any of you who don't know me, there's actually a lot of people that don't know me here, so hopefully I'll get to talk to you at some point. But um, I, oh, you're fine. You're fine. That helps it feel more relaxed, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> no, you're good. I, um, I live here in Auburn. Um, I'm married to an awesome man. Um, his name is Will. And I have three precious children. Um, and... I guess we kind of moved around. I'll get into this whole story, but we moved back here about four years ago to Auburn where both our families are, and we've just loved it. And it's just been amazing to see uh, just how God has kind of written our story and has blessed it. it. hasn't always been that way, and it's still not by any means perfect. We're actually walking through something hard right now. But um, I just want to just tell you kind of, what my background looks like, and then kind of some valleys I went through, and then kind of a turning point for me, and just where God showed me uh, just how faithful and loving He is, and how He really was with me every step of the way. And it took me a while to realize that, but now um, it's just, there's just so much hope in that, and I hope that like Catherine said, it is not me that speaks tonight, and that He would just use me um, 
just to bring glory to his name. So anyways, I grew up um, with two precious parents, very loving household. I'm an only child. So it was just me, my mom, and my dad. We were very, very close. And we moved around a lot. My dad was in the oil and gas business and we moved every three to four years. Um, it's kind of like a military family, but my whole life we just always moved and moving was hard, but my mom was really good at um, preparing me. And she always told me like, the next place we move, it's going to be so much better than last. You're going to love it. And she somehow just, I just think I found a lot of confidence in her. She was very outgoing. She was very strong and brave and courageous. And um, she just gave me a lot of self-esteem. And both my parents were believers. And we grew up going to church. And they were awesome. But I don't think I really understood what a real relationship with God looked like as a child, maybe. I knew that God was good um, and that he, you know, he created me and, but I just didn't, I don't know that I had like a personal relationship at that point. Anyways, I'll get back to that. But, um, so we moved and moved and moved. And my, the last move we made, made as a family was when I was in 10th grade, we moved from Texas, from Houston, Texas to Birmingham. And that was hard because, you know, being a girl, moving to a new high school is hard. But God, I'm looking at these three girls back here in the middle of the couch. God just gave me some amazing friends when we moved there. And they have been with me every step of the way. And I have lots of other friends in this room who have also just been there for me. But uh, anyways, that was a great move that I thought might not be. And then I went to college at Auburn. And that was wonderful. College was great. And I met great girls. And I met my husband-to-be. And then, you know, up into that point, probably I'd say to my junior year of college, I felt like my life was, you know, to me, pretty near perfect. Um, and then that kind of all came crashing down my junior year of college. My mom, well, I forgot to say this. When we, when I went to college, my parents moved to Auburn also. So, not just to be close to me, that was definitely part of it, but also they're like diehard Auburn fans, anybody who knew them or know them. Um, and they moved there, and we were still super close in college. Anyway, so my junior year, my mom became very sick very quickly, and not, you know, not the kind of sick that's really that easy to talk about, not that any sickness is easy. It's not. They're all, you know, hurt the same, but she mentally became very sick and she started having, I guess you would say, very delusional thoughts and she became scared to death of everybody and everything around her. She believed that um, actually the people closest to her were plotting against her, wanting to kill her. Um, she had these thoughts that we would find out later she did not, something happened, and we don't know what caused it, but she did not have the ability to be able to separate thoughts from reality. And so she eventually was diagnosed with something called um, paranoid delusional disorder. And that is really, really tough because it's lots of hospitals, lots of doctors, lots of medicines, lots of fighting with her to stay on medicines, begging her to trust us, begging her to believe who we are is who we are, that we love her, that we want the best for her. And it was just an absolute, I would say, emotional roller coaster for my junior and senior year of college. Um, she came in and out of 
normalcy, I would say, because we would find a medicine that would work um, for a small amount of time and she would seem normal and then she would stop taking it and claim that the, that drug was changing her personality and we were trying to poison her and so she would get off the medicine and then she'd just spiral out of control. So this went on. By the grace of God, let's see, in 07, I got engaged in 08. Um, I got married. And in that time that we were planning the wedding, it's like God, he gave me these little gifts, I would say, throughout that time period. And he kind of brought her back to us, um, which was amazing. So we planned the wedding and we just so enjoyed that time. And the wedding was amazing and it was fun. And I can remember that with like truly good memories of my time with her and my dad. And, um, a side note on my dad, my dad is, um, one of the most precious people. (laughs) I'm not emotional talking about this, but he is just, they were inseparable. So, I found also confidence in them and and their relationship. And like he just doted on her hand and foot my entire life. So he, anything that needed to be done when she got sick, he was like, it doesn't matter. Like I'll sell my business. I'll sell my house. Whatever we need to do to get her back, we'll do. So like they actually, after my wedding, she got sick again and they moved from Auburn to Mobile where my mom's parents live and her seven siblings. So he just thought that if we surrounded her with family, that that was where she needed to be, then he would do that. So I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but so I get, I got married and we moved to Seattle, um, me and my husband and my mom went in and out of good and bad. And, um, it was hard leaving, but that's where my husband's job was. So, um, I believed that once I got to Seattle that, you know, I could still talk to my parents on the phone. I could still check up and see how my mom was doing. If I needed to fly home, you know, I was able to do that. And, um, I feel like now looking back, I can see God's provision and moving us there. He took us far, far away from our families we had to learn to trust God. We had to learn to trust each other. I mean, we leaned on each other. There's some really, really hard, hard times, but God also, again, like he always provides, provided, um, a Bible study for me there where I really grew in my faith, probably really, really got to know who God was in, in that first year in Seattle. There were some women just pouring into me and mentoring me. And, uh, little did I know they would be a really strong support system for me as, as the next year unfolded. But, um, that was a blessing and things were good for Will. Will was playing football. I didn't mention that in Seattle. And, you know, that was awesome. And I was so happy for him and his career. And it was such a blessing that he was getting to, you know, glorify God through this talent God had given him. But, um, in 2010, so we'd been there like two years, everything just unraveled. My mom got very, very sick. The doctors didn't know what to do. And they just told us like, we don't know if she keeps going in and out of these episodes that she'll ever come back to normal. And, um, on September 20th, 2010, I got a phone call that she took her own life. Um, and I was back in Seattle and, um, my dad called and he said, you know, Ashley, your mom's gone. Like we always had this fear that this might happen, but 
I just kept thinking like, no, like that can't, that would never happen. Like we, if we pray hard enough and if we, if we fight for her and if we believe, you know, we love her enough that, you know, she'll, she'll come back. Like one day she's going to come back, but she didn't. And, um, I was devastated, obviously, and we flew, immediately we got the news, we flew back to Auburn, and, you know, you walk through, you're in a haze, you walk through the funeral and the all the things that unfold afterwards, and we flew back to Seattle, and um, my faith was tested very heavily, I would say, in that, you know, next year, I feel like I didn't verbalize it, but... I just didn't, I was just thinking like, okay, God, you know, I'm just now really getting close to you and I'm really getting to know you. And like, I felt like there was hope in, in, you know, my mom's life. And then, you know, you take her from us. And of course I'm saying you take her from us, you know, God, I believe now doesn't ever cause these things, but he does allow them. And I didn't understand it then, but my dad ended up coming out to move to Seattle with us for a few months. And that was an awesome blessing. Another gift like Will and me and my dad grew very, very close. And, um, but I also felt like I needed to be really, really strong for my dad. And I, you know, I'm sure many of you have been through tragedies and everybody kind of handles grieving differently. And my dad, really grieved, I feel like, in a healthy way. You know, he cried, and he wanted to remember her, and he prayed through a lot of things. And I just, I prayed, and I asked God to help me, but I really feel like I put my faith in, like, people and not God in that moment. Like, I depended on Will. Like, okay, I'm going to get busy and distracted. And Will's faith was so strong. I was just like, well, he's being strong for me, and that's kind of all I need. And that whole next year after her death, I feel like I really just decided, like, I'm going to stay busy. I'm going to do do all these different things that I can get involved in in Seattle, and I'm just not going to think about it, and I'm going to push out this pain. And um, I also decided... Well, first of all, I'm leaving out things because, you know, you never go like you think you're going to on your notes when you speak. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm making sense, but um, I was thinking, okay, so the verse, and I may have already skipped it, where, let's see, it's Matthew 11:28, 28, and he says, come to me all you are weary and have heavy burdens, um, and I will give you rest. I was thinking about that. A friend gave me that verse, and I... I didn't grow up really knowing. We went to church, but I didn't really know the Bible. So, like, all these verses were coming in from friends. And I was like, wow, I hadn't heard that verse before. And, you know, this is neat. And I heard that verse, and I, I think about that verse now, and I think, like, God is the only one who can give us rest and who can give us peace in these valleys. And until I realized that, I was kind of spinning out of control, I guess you would say. And I look back at that now and I'm like, okay, that means like surrender to me. Like God's saying, surrender to me. Don't lean on Will. Don't lean on your dad. Don't lean on all these other people. Like I am who's going to give you what you need, you know? And so anyways, with that, I, in my weakness in that moment, decided that a baby would give me what I was missing, that maybe a baby could fill that void. And so 
I told Will, like, I know, I know it's been a hard year and I know I'm grieving, but like, you know, I'd wanted to be a wife and mom. That's it. So I was like, I mean, why not start trying now? I mean, you know, we've had like three years of marriage and I just have felt like I've been through a lot and I feel like a baby could like fix this. Well, little did I know I was nowhere emotionally, spiritually, anything ready for that. But to me, that felt like a very worthy distraction for what was going on. So I, I just put all my time and energy into it. And of course, you know, we started trying and like month after month after month after month. It was just negative pregnancy test, negative preg- pregnancy test. And that just added to the pain. And I feel like the snowball just started to roll and get bigger and bigger. And so then my husband got, we got because of his career, we got transferred to New Orleans. And, you know, that's a whole new transition, moving to a new town. And um, we kept trying, and we couldn't get pregnant there. So we both agreed that we would go to a fertility specialist there. We did that. I had, like, two procedures done. We tried that. That didn't help. And finally, we, Will and I and my doctor, decided that we would try IVF. So we tried IVF. And... I would say that the hormones were probably not the best thing for me in that phase of life, but, um, (laughs) you know, I was persistent and, you know, Will, Will was on board, but I feel like I was just, again, doing anything I could to like fix my problem. That was kind of what I was doing, you know? And so we did IVF and a miracle happened. Um, we did it and we, they called me and they call you in they're like, well, you, you have a positive pregnancy test. And you know, I am ecstatic. Like I cannot tell you, I am so excited. And Will is at football and I call him and I'm, I mean, I'm literally like, I'm Miss Liva may remember cause I called and I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're not gonna believe this. We're pregnant. And then two days later, they called me back and said, we are so sorry. You know, the numbers aren't, you know, we, what we think happened was you had a chemical pregnancy that can happen with IVF, you know, da, da, da. and that was it. Like that was the last straw. I think that I, that I could in my own strength, <laughs> physically, emotionally handle. And it just went from bad to worse. I got, um, started out really, really sad and then got really, really depressed and then got really, really anxious and started having panic attacks, thought I was dying. Um, and I got into a very, very, very dark, dark place. And I did not know if I would ever get out of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, I never thought about suicide or anything like that. But I I did have moments where I was like on the floor and was just like, God, if you could just take me right now and I did not have to feel this way anymore, then I would do it in a second. And I know that the people around me would be better off because I am miserable to be around. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't function. Um, my dad would come down and stay with me, sit with me while Will was at football. I mean, it was, it was terrible, but God is so good. And literally in that, I call them valleys, but in that valley, um, I hit, probably hit rock bottom and I know I hit rock bottom and, um, there was a very small handful of people who knew what I was privately going through and they would send me text messages and they would send me scripture and, 
um, one of these, I'm going to read it because I'm shaking right now. One of the scripture um, was Isaiah 43, and this is kind of like my verse that I just love, but it says, Do not fear. I am the Lord, and I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will... Not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I don't know what that verse means for y'all, but for me, I feel like God told me that, okay, Ashley, like there are going to be valleys and probably more than one. Like we live in a fallen world and you are going to go through hard things. Everybody's going to go through suffering, but I'm never going to allow you to go through anything that you cannot handle in my strength, not mine, but in with God, in God's strength. And, and it just kind of was like a, I guess I would say a light bulb went off for me and it was not fast. It was not easy, but slowly I started to understand God's love for me and that he was with me. He had been there with me every step of the way. He was in every single detail. He, you know, he really carried me through all of those things that I could have never gotten through on my own. And like at that moment, I really realized like none of what I was doing was really helping. And I can't take credit for getting through any of those things. That was only God. And by his grace that he walked with me through those things. But slowly, over time, I climbed out of that hole. Um, and I just think about the way that God, you know, he kept telling me, okay, I know you're going through this valley, but I've got a mountaintop on the other side of it. So if you can just hang in there. I didn't know what he was going to do or how he would rebuild my life. But one thing I do know is Satan had been kind of telling me these lies, like, you're going to be just like your mom. You're going to end up just like your mom. You know, especially now that you're going through all this you know, anxiety and depression, this is this is how it started. This is how she started. I mean, I cannot tell y'all the lies that I started to believe, but that's the first thing he did for me was telling me, stop believing Satan, Satan's lies because they're not true. And um, it was just amazing how he protected me from... It, like, I, okay, I wanted a baby. I truly did want a baby back then, right after my mom died. But it was, it was, it was a desire, but it was not, that was not his timing. And thank the Lord, can y'all imagine, like, if I had gotten pregnant and all that, I couldn't have been a mom. I couldn't even function when I got all that anxiety and everything. So I just, again, saw God's provision in all of that that he protected me from that. And I didn't know how I would become a mom. I just knew that God does bless us with the desires of our heart. And that is when, after I got out of that hole, God really put adoption on both mine and Will's hearts. And I always thought I might adopt at some point because I didn't tell you all this, but my parents had trouble getting pregnant. And um, that's why I'm the only child. And my mom always told me that the one regret she had was that she wished she would have adopted. So I just thought, like, well, we'll get married. We would have our own biological kids. And then maybe one day if it worked out, you know, we might adopt. And um, 
But this was amazing because none of those other paths, which were my ideas, they didn't work. And then after this horrible mess that, you know, devoured me basically, and then God pulled me out of these ashes and like redeemed this whole situation. Then he puts adoption on not just my heart, but, but my husband's also. And we just decided like, okay, we've got nothing to lose at this point. We just have to trust him. And if it's hard, it's hard. And, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to do whatever God go with whatever direction God puts us. And like, I'm not kidding y'all. Like in three months after we pursued adoption, we got a phone call that this baby girl was going to be born in Montgomery. And literally that was when Maddie was born, which is my first, um, child and she's amazing and she's just it was the best thing obviously I mean she is the most precious child in the whole world but the one thing that God also taught me in that situation was how much he loved me and I don't think I really realized it until that moment that you know God tells us you know I have called you by name. You are mine. Like that in that moment when those doctors handed me this baby that I did not conceive or birth, it was like instantaneously I realized like, okay, God, in the same way that you've called me by name and I'm your adopted daughter, like here is this precious child that you've handed me and I have fallen in love with instantly, like no question, instantly. And that's how you love us. Like you know, and it was just overwhelming and amazing. And that was like a major turning point for me in my faith journey. And, um, 11 months later, who knew I would get pregnant without any fertility medicines <laughs> because I didn't know that would happen. I don't think the doctors knew that was happen. And we got pregnant and then Reese, precious Reese was born. And, um, we just had these two beautiful girls and we, I, I, I felt like at that moment I was just thanking God because I could I couldn't believe where I had been and now where God had taken me to and I was not like a hundred percent I would say at this point but I was most days were really good I would say and um, I just couldn't believe and then my husband's career took us to St. Louis and that's really when I was like okay man, God, you have done some amazing things. I cannot believe what you have done out of the brokenness, the death, the tragedy, you know, all these different things. And now you have me here. Like, I'm not even worthy of this. Like you have me here with these two precious girls. And I was just so thankful. And then in 2015, my husband retired from football and we moved back to Auburn. That was almost Four years ago. Anyways, um, and that's when God, we knew we wanted another child and God put adoption on our hearts again. And I mean, that happened really quick too. And my third child, Isaiah, was born and we were just so thankful for three healthy babies. And um, it's just amazing in that situation because like every one of those children bring us so much joy, but we see God's handiwork and the way he brought us each one and his timing was so perfect. And, you know, like I said, so he, he knew every detail he knew it then he knows it now. And he knows the end of my story, which, you know, of course we don't know the ends of our stories, but, um, it was just 
amazing to see all those things unfold. But lastly, I have another miracle because me and my dad are so close. Um, I just didn't know that my dad would ever really survive is a word I use. I knew he would go on living, but I just didn't know quality of life after my mom was gone. And um, he met this amazing woman. Her name's Becky, a friend of both my parents and now my stepmom to my stepmom, her, anyways, a mutual friend introduced them and her husband had also committed suicide. So they just introduced them. They were like, there's no pressure here. Like you're just going to meet y'all can confide in each other. Y'all can talk, you know, whatever. And like they met, they fell in love. Like they got married and they live next door to me now. (laughs) And they, I mean, she is precious. And we say this all the time. Like I am so thankful for her because I know my dad is so happy and she is so precious and she will never be my mom. She's not replacing my mom, but she and I are very good friends and she is great to my kids. She's a precious grandmother. They have two precious grandmothers. The other one's right over there on the stairs. But it's just that gives me also so much joy to know that like my dad is going to be okay because he has another, you know, he had a one wonderful life partner and now he has another to finish the second half of his life and is that the way I would have planned it like would I want this outcome of my mom not to be here absolutely not I the hardest thing for me now is that like my three kids don't know who my mom is and I mean they would have loved her and she would have adored them and you know that's just and that's okay but um I'm just so thankful you know that that he his marriage has been redeemed that my family has been redeemed, um, that God has, you know, redeemed the whole situation. Anyways, I'm sure I'll ask things out. I have a couple more things that I was going to say. Okay. So, oh yeah. I, um, I just feel like when I was in the really, really dark places, I thought there was no hope and that there's no way that I would ever feel joy again, like true joy. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, God, like you, you took the joy I once had and multiplied it times a hundred. Like I never thought that was possible. And I now feel like I understand the love, you know, that God has for his son Jesus because that's the same love that he has for me and for everybody in this room is the you know the world the love that's overcome the world I mean like that's the hope that we have and I just if nothing else want y'all to know that like God I know he loves me and I know he loves each and every one of you and even if you're in a dark, dark place, like cry out to him and surrender. Like that is what God taught me until I could fully surrender. I was not going to feel the peace and the rest that only he can give. And, um, I just wanted to, um, I have this song that I was going to play, but I just want to read. I don't know if y'all have heard it. It's Jenny Owens. It's if you want me to, but I want to read the last verse of the song. Cause to me, it's like super profound. I don't know. Let me see if I've got it on here somewhere. Okay. So it says, um, okay, so when the whole world turns against me and I'm all by myself 
and I can't hear you answer my cries for help. I'll remember the suffering your love put you through, and I will go through the valley if you want me to. So kind of my stamp on my story is if I could do it all again, like if God said, Ashley, this is the valley you have to walk through, but I will redeem it so beautifully in the end, then I would do it all over again. And that's just what I want if you have any questions, Ashley is ready. <laughs> yes. Yes. Were you ever, did you ever consider suicide when you were in your deepest, darkest? You know, I don't, I don't think I ever felt like it, I don't think I ever considered suicide, but I do feel like there was times where I just felt like it would be, the pain would be gone if I could just, yeah, I was just taken. And also, I felt like I I was really hard to be around for a, for a period of time. I mean, I literally, could, like, the thought of somebody, you know, Will leaving for like an hour was like, I couldn't even function. You know, it, it was just despair, I guess I would say, but... Mm-hmm. One more. Yes. Yes, Tiffany. Yes. yes. So, was it what brought you out of it? Was the constant encouragement and text from your friends? I mean, just the scripture and it. Yeah, I. It's it's just amazing. I mean, how <coughs> God knows how. I mean, literally a text message at this time, mm-hmm. like he, you know, he, yeah. I'm a believer, like God works through people, God uses people. And, um, it, that's very evident. And I feel like he orchestrates, okay, she's, I'm using me. I'm, I was in a low point. And if somebody sent me a text at that time at 3am and then that was what he used to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, give me even a sliver of hope in that moment that then led to a progression of other things, then, um, yeah, that was definitely part of the equation. I'm very thankful for the people that he put around me. Ashley, would you, uh, would you tell them what day of the week, uh, or what, not the day, but what day Maddie was born? Oh, yeah, Maddie was born on Good Friday. And we brought her home on Easter, which was unbelievable. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, we just felt like, of course, all children are a gift from God, but God really stamped that for us, for, you know, with Maddie. New life. That's right. That's exactly right, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. So your mom never struggled. She didn't. Did she struggle with depression? No, it's really weird. She never, no, she never struggled with depression or anxiety or anything like that. But she was now, you know, I can look back and say, like in my dad too, we've talked about (coughs) it. She definitely was very paranoid. Like, but you know how when you're a kid and 
you know, whatever your parents are, that's just normal. Because it's all you know, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's totally normal. I thought everybody's mom, like, went around and locked the doors, like, 27 times. I mean, really, like, I thought that until I grew up and went and spent the night in other households, you know, I didn't, I thought, well, you know, I mean, that's, my, that's just my mom. She's just quirky. I mean, she's right. awesome. And I love her. But they're now looking back. There were definitely sign, underlying signs of like paranoia that maybe she had always had. And I don't know, I meant to say this, I think I left it out, but one of her doctors thought that maybe that had kind of always been there, but like when she went through menopause, that that kind of tipped that off to kind of come to the surface. Mm-hmm. But there were no definitive answers. I've been to, it's like what I was going through my time, I went to multiple counselors, psychologists, and I was like, okay, tell me what I've got. What do I need to do? Like, I'm being proactive. Like, I've been through this with my mom. And they were, they said, well, kind of anxiety and depression is a totally different vehicle than, like, a paranoia type thing. Um, not that one's worse than the other. I'm just saying, anyways, the, there. I think there were some... So maybe signals that, you know, we didn't ever think anything of, you know. Right. So did she, did she have, what was her childhood like? Did she have? She's the oldest of eight children. Right. She's the oldest of eight children. Um, I think she was, she was the oldest and she's always like been a mother hen. So she kind of took care of everybody, worried about everybody. But they're all doing great. You know, so I don't know what exactly caused that, you know. Right. No, not really. I think that same like we said, they just thought she any kind of paranoid type stuff, they just thought, well, my mom's name was Debbie, so they were like, Oh I man, that was just Debbie. Like we didn't you know, we didn't think anything of it. And then um it just kinda came out in this really weird, you know, weird way. But I mean, I, we've, we've asked a lot of questions. I mean, definitely like, you're, like we've asked questions. We've, I've talked to my grandmother till, you know, all hours trying to figure out what. And I guess there's not any more, um, research or, or literature that's kind of shed any more light on it. Not, not a ton. I found one doctor in Florida actually, like in Fort Lauderdale, that I got some information on. And he said that he thought he could have helped her, and he thought he had this kind of, it was more like a, what do you call it? It, wasn't, it was like therapy that he did. But the problem with patients that that have what my mom had, um, medicine can actually kind of keep them normal, and they can live normal lives. But the one thing they always try to do is they always get to a point where they think, I feel great. Like, I don't need this medicine. I'll be fine. And so you're battling them with that constantly. And then when, like, there were times she secretly would, like, pretend to take her medicine and she wouldn't take it. And we didn't find out till her counselor or her psychiatrist told my dad, like, she hadn't been taking it for, you know, a month. And, you know, so it's kind of like a battle, you know, that would have always... I guess in my mind, I have to think like we, you know, 
I thought about this a ton. Like it would have been, I say it would be awesome. My mom was here, but if she was like, she was, that is no quality of life. I mean, she was, she got to a point where she was scared to death. I mean, at every moment, I mean, I can't imagine, I feel like I got a glimpse of not scared, but that kind of, that complete despair. And that's what she felt. Maybe God gave me that as to show me like, this is what she felt. This is what, you know, I don't know. But Ashley, how old was she? She was 56. Mm-hmm. Can I ask something about you? Yes. So a mother of three, um, <laughs> grieved your mom, miss her probably daily. Mm-hmm. How do you stay grounded? What are, what do you do to keep your faith strong? Oh, well, <laughs> I would say, um, number one, Praying a lot would be my number one thing. Um, Praying, well, I'll say this for me. Even though I have been told, like, I'm not going to have what she has, there is always that voice in my head that says, well, this could, you could. So, like, that is a prayer that's going to be constant in my life. Like, God, protect me from any mental illness. God, protect my children. I mean, I have a biological child, one. She's a female, and I have to pray that over her. Like, we have the same genes, and that's something that I'm always going to pray over. But to stay grounded, prayer, like, my church family, our families, both our families, I mean, friends that also... um, just are precious and praying and, you know, just community, I guess I would say. Good Christian community. That's what, you know. Do you find that now, because I know you alluded to the beginning, that, you know, you still obviously have some dark times that you walk through or are walking through. Do you look back and see things that you've been through that have helped you, or do you see the Lord doing, like, something totally new in the way he's helping you and encouraging you? Yes, I do feel like what I've been through has definitely helped me. So like when something pops up that like another valley that I'm going through, I feel like it doesn't make it any less hard necessarily, but I know I have this kind of snapshot of like, okay, God, like I know you're going to carry me through this. It's, it's still, it's going to hurt, you know, it's going to hurt, but I feel like my hope is more genuine, if that makes sense. Like, I think back then I felt like I had hope, but I don't know that I really believed that. If the, I don't, you know. But now, I mean, just really believing in His promise um, and not just saying, you know, that. The questions are actually way easier than the talking. Let me just say that. <laughs> I mean, then the, like, what I just did verse. So the questions are, I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, thank you again. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thank y'all for listening. We're so glad you joined us today for Ashley's story. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. And in the meantime, you can find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Storytellers Live. Or you can find more information on our website, which is storytellerslive.org. We would love to connect with you, and we hope that you'll join us again soon.